sermon in this evening handled about the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. The theme of the sermon is the parable of the poor men and the rich Lazarus. Two points, one the poor man, the second point the rich Lazarus. Jesus describes in this parable the lives of two men. The life of a rich man and the life of a beggar, Lazarus. The rich man is unbelievable rich. In our days he should be a multi-millionaire. According to Jesus, the man is clothed with purple and fine linen. Clothes of purple are made in Tyrus and Sidon, two cities on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, in the north of Israel. The manufacturing of such clothes is very difficult and time-consuming. From this area, purple clothes were exported to the other countries around, around the Mediterranean Sea. Purple clothes are very expensive. Only very rich men could buy purple clothes. For example, kings, kaisers, or other important rich men. And when they have one or more purple clothes, they wear these clothes only on exceptional days, such as a birthday or an important festival. Linen clothes are only fabricated in the north of Egypt, in the delta of the Nile. Just as purple clothes, the manufacturing of linen purple is very expensive and time-consuming. Only a small number of people in the north of Egypt are able to make this kind of clothes. From this area, linen clothes were exported to the rest of the world. So in both cases, only a very rich man could buy such clothing and wore them only on special days. Well, Jesus tells us the rich man in the parable wears purple and linen clothes every day. These expensive clothes are his casual dress. This man is fabulous rich. He's a billionaire, just as Elon Musk or Bill Gates. He also fared sumptuously every day. That means he ate luxuriously every single day. He does not have a job because he does not work. He enjoys life every day. He meets his family and friends, enjoys office and position, and has regularly a party with his friends. In the face of the rich man lies Lazarus, the beggar. The rich man lies. The beggar lies on the ground, helpless. He's not able to do anything except Begging. He lies in the gate of the villa of the rich man. The beggar desires to feed himself with the crumbs which fell from the table of the rich man. You must know the background of this expression of Jesus. When the rich man has a party with his family and friends, they are lying down on, at long tables. On these tables were put dishes with exclusive exclusive spices and sauces. To enjoy the spices and sauces, they get a piece of bread 
dip this piece in the bowls and eat and enjoy the spices and sauce. Then they threw the crumbs behind their back. In the corner of the banquet hall stands a slave. Now and then he sweeps the crumbs together, puts these crumbs in a dish, carries them away and throws them outside. In the time of the Lord Jesus, there was no carpet service. So servants threw food scraps, such as crumbs, on the street or in the gate of the villa. On the street and in the gate lie the dogs, the carpet service in Jesus' days. Among these dogs lies Lazarus. Look out. Lazarus desires to be fed, says the Lord. This does not mean that the beggar gets the crumbs. Oh no. When a servant opened the door of the kitchen to throw the crumbs in the gate of the villa, the dogs are ready to eat up the crumbs. They are faster and stronger than the beggar, who is also sick and weak. Lazarus has sorrows. Jesus tells us the dogs come and lick the sorrows of Lazarus. Terrible. The Lord does not tell us that dirty and horrible detail, detail to appeal to our emotions. Jesus and his hearers are Jews. When Jesus told this, immediately everyone understands the meaning of this. A dog is unclean, impure. So when Lazarus is touched by these impure animals, he also became impure. And when you are impure or unholy, you are forbidden to approach to God in the temple or in the synagogue. People in Jesus' days are thinking that God has punished you because of a great sin. So in all aspects, the beggar Lazarus is a lonely man, alone among the people, living among the impure dogs and seemingly disowned by God. The rich man and the beggar, two totally different lives. What do these two men, what do these two men have in common? Well, we know that the rich man knows the beggar. Maybe he has heard of him. Or when he drives in his carriage outside, he has sometimes noticed the beggar. Perhaps he has asked one of the servants who the beggar is. That man, the beggar, oh, his name is Lazarus. Two totally different lives. However, both have one thing common. Both die, just as you and I. The beggar dies first. Nobody was with him when he died. No hand, no words of comfort, nothing. He lived alone, he lived alone on earth and died alone on earth. 
But when he closed his eyes, the angels of God stood ready to pick him up and carry him as a precious treasure into heaven. They laid Lazarus carefully in the bosom of Abraham. People in Jesus' days avoided the use of the name of God. So when you speak about God, you do not use his name, but words like, great is he, or he will live in heaven. They also imagined it, heaven. Heaven is a great banquet hall with long tables. At every table lie God's children. At the head of the table sit God, with the most important man of God's children, Abraham, the father of all believers. So when Jesus tells that the angels put the beggar in the bosom or arms of Abraham, they understand immediately what Jesus means by this imaging. Abraham lies in the bosom of God as the guest of honor. The beggar is God's treasure. On earth, nobody noticed the death of the beggar. I think that one of the sermons came out with a dish of crumbs. As usually, he threw these this crumbs in the gate. The dogs fight with each other and eat the crumbs up. The beggar, however, does nothing. It remains silent in the corner of the gate. No arm waving, no empty hand, nothing. The servant looks, calls the name of the beggar, Lazarus. No answer, deep silence. And then he observes that the beggar is gone. What now? When a beggar died in Jesus' days and the dogs or other animals do not eat up his body, people in the city or village came, took the body, carried it outside, dug a hole, put the body in the hole, filled the hole up with sand and went back. They put up neither sign nor gravestone, nothing to mark who was buried here. The rich man died also, and he is buried. A funeral of a rich man in Jesus' days is an impressive event. A lot of people are invited for the funeral. Men give impressive speeches. They underscore the important deeds of the rich man, his wealth, and most of all his good deeds for society. A rich man is buried in a beautiful grave. Until three days after his death, his body is embalmed with expensive balsam. Everyone knows his name, even years after his death. But nobody sees. But what nobody sees is what happened after the death of the rich man. He opened his eyes in the hell. Why is the rich man in the hell? And why is the beggar in heaven? Perhaps these questions are strange for you. 
Maybe someone thinks, of course the rich man opens his eyes in the hell. He is there because of his enormous wealth on earth. But do Scots words say this? How many of the people mentioned in the Bible were rich on earth and are also now in heaven? For example, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Job, David, Solomon, and so on. Moreover, in the Bible, wealth is a blessing of God. Think also, for example, how rich people in New Testament times supported the apostles in the missionary activities. Or their own riches are not a curse. Maybe someone else thinks that the rich man is a great sinner. He lies without God, against God's word, and committed many horrible sins. So that is the reason why the rich man opened his eyes in the hell. But are you right? Is the rich man an evil man, a great sinner? Why do you think so? Let us listen to this man when he opened his eyes in hell. First, he immediately recognized Abraham. He knows the patriarch. So the rich man is not a gentle, but a Jew. Secondly, he calls Abraham father. And Abraham answered with son, father and son. These words are biblical expressions describing the covenant of grace. Abraham is the father of all believers. The rich man is a child of the covenant of grace. So he has the sign of the covenant of grace. He is circumcised. Thirdly, the rich man prays. Look at verse 27. I pray thee. He also uses biblical language when he prays. Look at 24. Have mercy on me. Fourthly, and Abraham refused to send Lazarus to the hell to cool the tongue of a rich man with a ripple of water. The rich man implores Abraham to send Lazarus to the house of his father. When Lazarus will tell his five brothers how terrible hell is, then his brothers will repent before God. So the rich man knows what conversion is. And he is also thinking about his brothers. Finally, the rich man has God's word, Moses and the prophets, in his life, just as his family. So in hell lies a child of the covenant of grace, who has the sin of this covenant. He is circumcised, or in our days he is baptized, and knows enough of God's word to pray to God, for the conversion of his brothers. What is the difference between this rich man and you? Why should you not open your eyes in the hell when you die? Just like the rich man, you are a child of the covenant of grace. You pray, you read the Bible, 
you believe in God, and you are merciful to your neighbor. So tell me what is the difference between you and this man? Why is Lazarus in here? At first sight, we know almost nothing of this man. He says nothing on earth, neither in heaven. On earth he lays in the gate of the rich man, in heaven, in the bosom of God. That's all. Do you sometimes think about your dead? And about the question, where will I be when I die, in heaven or in hell? When we want an answer to this important question, we must beg to God, especially to the Word of God. First of all, I must point out something to you. The solution of the meaning of a parable is the occasion when the Lord Jesus tells a parable. Sometimes a parable serves the preaching of the gospel. At that time, a parable is a kind of example. Mostly, parables were spoken during or after a heated debate with the Pharisees, just as here in Luke chapter 16. In this chapter, Jesus teaches his disciples. The question is, how can a Christian deal with riches? Jesus gives answer in the verses 1 and 2.30. The Pharisees have also heard Jesus' teaching, but they derided or mocked him. See verse 14. They sniffle, spit, and despise Jesus because of his teaching about money and riches, because they were rich. Jesus replies, God knows your head hurts. See verse 15. He also knows our hearts and diagnoses our hearts with his word, the law, the prophets, and the New Testament. Just as the beginning of his teaching to the disciples, Jesus starts the parable with the same words. There was a certain rich man. Compare verse 1 verse 19. So the start is identical, but the context of Jesus' teaching differs now. He does not tell this parable to the Pharisees to condemn them, but to behold these men in hell. That is the reason why you now heard, now heard a sermon about this parable. Jesus does not want you to open your hells in hell, just as the rich man. So let us listen to him. God knows you and my heart, Jesus proclaims. What is great and famous among the men or in the church is unrecognized by God.
the Lord also knows the heart of the rich man. We know how God knows his, your, and my heart, thanks to the word of God. In Deuteronomy 15, verse 4 states, Save when there shall be no poor among you. For the Lord shall greatly bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance to possess it. And there lays a beggar in the gate of the rich man. And the rich man lets the beggar lay. Maybe you say that this is a small remark, the law of Moses. Well, Jesus rebukes. It is easier that heaven and earth shall pass than one tittle of the law will fail. See verse 17. But is it really a small remark? Look what's going on. The rich man loves his family and friend, but not his neighbor, Lazarus the beggar. Let me also compare his prayer and conversation with Abraham with the word of God. Is the prayer of the rich man a biblical prayer? No. He prays not to the glorify of God, but he prays to become better. His heart is full of unbelief. Listen. When Abraham refuses his first prayer of a drop of water, the rich man prays Abraham if he can send Lazarus to the house of his father, to his five brothers. Abraham rebukes the man. His brothers have the word of God. Immediately the rich man answers, No, Father Abram. When Lazarus goes to them from the dead, they will repent. So the rich man places a miracle above the truthworthiness of God's word. He does believe in a miracle of God, but not in the gospel of God. And that is unbelief. So that is the reason why the rich man opened his eyes in the hell when he died. He does not believe God and in his word. Why is Lazarus in heaven? At first sight, we know nothing about this beggar except his name. And yet this fact is remarkable. The only man with a name in any of Jesus' parables is the beggar, Lazarus. You also must know that the name in the culture of the Bible is more important than in our culture. Everyone has a name. And some are named after one of his grandparents or after a biblical person. But in the culture of the Bible, your name is your identity. See, for example, John, the son of Zacharias and Elizabeth. God gives him this name. With a beautiful meaning, the Lord is merciful. Because John is the friend of the Bridgecom, the herald of the king of David. God, another example, changed the name of Jacob in Israel after the wrestling with him at night in Peniel. 
So the beggar's name is Lazarus. The name Lazarus means only God helps. So this man is totally dependent of God. Nobody else than only the Lord can and wants to help him. Jesus names him with, the na- with this name because of his attitude towards God. The man stretches his empty hand to God, beseeks the Lord for his help, grace, and trust him that he will help him. God is his will. Only because of that is Lazarus. A rich man. He is a beggar on earth and rich in heaven. Because he possesses God. And then you have all. With help, the Lord Jesus means not only help in daily life, for example, in difficult circumstances. That's great. But most of all, help against the background of his words. God knows your heart. The awareness of his reality has reshaped the attitude of this beggar. He realizes he cannot exist before the face of God. He only can beg for God's help. Well, are you also a beggar? Becker, because you realize that you too cannot stand before God's face because of your life, your sinned life. Have you stumbled over the details of the law of the God? Has the law of the Holy God smashed your life to the ground? Have you bowed your knees under the condemnation Condemnation of the law of God. Did you say Amen? When the law condemned you because of your unpure and unholy life, are you also a beggar before God? Hear then the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus blesses. Also now when his gospel is preached in your life. Now. He names you a beggar by the gospel of the Lord. Because God in Christ knows your heart. He names your life and calls you a beggar. You are a beggar of God. But God is all what you have. Surely, when you will die, you shall open your eyes in heaven. You will lie in the bosom of God. That is the place of him. The son, the son Jesus Christ, who was in the bosom of his father, the only begotten son. He has left this place to declare the love of his father to beggars, even to 